Welcome to Random Side Note. 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 All right, yo, welcome back to Random Side Note. I'm Dre here with the Rando Gang. We are ready to bring you some live entertainment. We also want to give y'all, you know, some insightful conversation and everything like that. Um, so what's up, everybody? Hey, B, what you up to? Same old, same old. Trying to make a dollar out of 15. That's a task. <laughs> How's your week been, D? Um, it was a pretty good week. You know, it's getting colder here. So adjusting to the weather, trying to get those last outdoor workouts in, um, you know, just adjusting. Just break them inside. Are you a workout person, D? Oh, I work out. Like this is, this is workout game. And so over the summer, we've been doing hits outside. So oh. COVID, no one wants to work out in mask indoors. So, um, six feet <laughs> social distancing <laughs> no. with my workout crew and doing hit so if if you want the workouts i can send them to the group yes please send them i gotta do so i'm cool i can't die i can't die multiple times <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> multiples <laughs> nikki what you been up to girl and i'm good kids been kicking my tail this week Oh, it was Halloween with the kitties. Man, I had to go get me a big bottle of Crown this weekend, kid. A big one. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> Crown Apple? Because they're about to pay no $45 for no Crown Peach here in Tampa. Sure, lane. Well, no, technically it's 50 at the um, liquor store. 50 Yeah, 50 50 plus Crown? That, exactly. <laughs> I don't like regular crown or crown vanilla. Mm. I'm on the apple, so I don't normally drink brown, but the apple's been doing me good. So I'm going to just stay right there in that lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, what's, what's going on in, in Atlanta? Man, it's Halloween in Atlanta. It's been pretty good. I have a... Um, a friend um, that normally has a, a party around this time of year, but because of COVID, like we've had to scale it back. So it's only been like, you know, very intimate. Uh, we call ourselves a family. So very intimate, kind of like family members that we call each other. Um, we have a sock party the day before. We had dinner and drinks last night. And then this morning we're having brunch. Well, this evening we're having brunch. I to be really honest, I've really been struggling with the time change today. Like, when I came over here around 2 o'clock, I was, like, telling everybody, good morning, good morning, just because the sun was out and the day was nice. But then I had to realize, like, wait, it's 2 o'clock. You got to stop telling people good morning. Like, we are well into the day today. <laughs> Look, a per- person like me, I enjoyed it. I feel like I had an extra hour in my day. And, like, I've been very productive. Um, good week. Because did I mention that it's Scorpio season? Are we really doing this again? I mean, it's Scorpio season. My birthday's coming up. Of course we're going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're moving. Nikki, what's your sign? Cancer all day. 
June 28th. Yeah. In there. So Nikki and AB are cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Akeem, what oh, are we you? We're a water sign group. I'm a cancer too. Oh, I'm an Aries. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's um, an Aries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're my the bad. only land person. I thought you was a squirt from last week's conversation. So my bad. No, just supporting my my Scorpio brother. Yeah. I feel like Aries and I are destined to be friends. And like all of my friends that are Aries, like we have a very interesting relationship. It's very much so like, I can talk about you and I'll trash you, but nobody else better not trash you because I'll fight you. <laughs> and, and like, and they say stuff to me and I'd be like, I don't, I don't agree. But like, only I can say that. Like other people cannot say that about them. You fight out here over signs and everything, like you in a over game. The Aries, the Aries will fight their own battles. <laughs> Protect the Aries. I mean, come on. I like it though. They're wrong with a bodyguard. <laughs> the Aries but, um, don't need a bodyguard though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. She's probably gonna get the bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on to the news. Uh, a lot has happened this week. And by the time you all are listening to this, it will be election day. And so if you haven't voted already, well, you can't now. Shame on you. Until, until, until Tuesday, because early voting is pretty much over in a lot of locations. If you have not voted, shame on you. <laughs> I wouldn't Isn't say shame on you. Early voting? I mean, no, by Tuesday though, Tuesday's election day, is it not? Yes, it Tuesday's is. I've voted on election day before. Yeah. Everybody oh. life set up different. I guess we should say if you're listening to this in the morning. In the morning time, because please get to your polling location in most areas by 7 p.m. Because and please go vote. I'm just tired of these people texting me. I mean, <laughs> I'm tired of texting. And then last week they started calling. They're getting very bold. So we need to. <laughs> Tomorrow they gonna knock on your door. <laughs> they they must not like me. <laughs> they I don't, don't get no phone calls. I'll text. Really? They were talking about how they're not doing door to door stuff because of COVID and how they're interesting to see at the data at how like their political science data shows that knocking on the door increases the likelihood of someone voting for you and going to vote versus now they're not do. knocking on doors because of COVID to see how what elections look like because no one's knocking on the door. I go vote too. Somebody was knocking on my door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Georgia open open. They should be knocking on doors. Well, I'm telling no, you. No, no. We're we are not open, open. Don't I can't not. tell from all the club videos. Instagram um, says otherwise. Instagram <laughs> says y'all are wide open. Well, I, I say wide my, open. My cousins and my family social media say something very different. I can show you pictures of Dallas. Don't. We always say Texas slide. Texas and Florida are just as bad as Georgia. Texas and no. Florida are just as bad. Well, they want to make people look bad and they want to show Atlanta and be like, oh, you're partying in Atlanta. Georgia and Texas started it. They set the bar because um, all of Florida didn't open at the same time. As a matter of fact, where my family lives at, they've only been open for about a month now. So they so have Don't come for us. Let's be clear. We're only open because our governors are trying to kiss Donald Trump's ass. And so that's why we're open because they're trying well, to like, his eyes and so therefore they're in a pissing game to like see who can be as open and who can get the most COVID cases well they can kiss his ass on out the White House I mean but early voting numbers 
43% of all registered voters nationwide have already voted. That's 67% of the people that of the votes that were counted in 2016. So this is really massive. Uh, so if you're in Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, Wisconsin, Maine, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, and Nebraska, go ahead, get out, vote, because these are some major battleground states here. Look how we've transitioned from having maybe like four or five swing states mentioned to having like a, almost like a slew of them. So this should really be something to the people to say, like, go out and vote. Like, this is very, very important. Like, you go from having just having um like what Iowa, Ohio, Arizona, mm-hmm. Nevada um, mentioned as your swing states. Now you have, quote unquote, the blue wall, like Minnesota. Michigan, Pennsylvania, they're all in play. I mean, who do think Georgia would ever be in play for a swing state? Uh, North Carolina is always a toss up. Florida's always a clusterfuck. See, there you go again. Hold on, wait, wait a minute. Let's back up. Did you go for Florida again? <laughs> again. Again. Y'all gave us George Bush instead of Al Gore. We're ain't we nothing not clusterfuck about us, oh. bro. Let me clear the air because people constantly come after Florida. That's all I ever hear. Florida man. Clear it, AB. Clear the air. That's right. To be clear, I would probably say majority of the people in Florida aren't from Florida. So imagine having the whole world and everybody, grandma and great auntie and great, great uncle from Florida and try to live and then totally screw Florida over because we y'all coming from 50. Thousand different places in creating the cluster that we speak of. Say that about Atlanta, but however, what we don't say is there is voter uh, what is it irregularities? Like we already know we suppress. So therefore, in Florida, when y'all had pulled this vote, where y'all have to have recounts on recounts, and then we end up with George Bush. I mean, y'all cheated and cheated Stacey Abrams out of her position. I didn't you say I voted for it don't matter. You're I still in Stacey. Atlanta, so you're a part of the people. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. Right, Thank I you. got you. What's the sticky news for the week? Us Floridians uh, must stick together. Oh, see how we quickly passed that one. We, we quickly <laughs> passed it, but I mean, we just don't want to blow over a Lil Wayne endorsing Donald Trump. But may I say this? Rappers don't speak for black me in, in terms of what my vote's going to be. I, I don't listen to a oh. rapper. I think the problem with something like a political thing that's a problem is, you know, why can't black people be like other racial groups where one person does not speak for us? Artists do not speak for the most of black people. So I don't understand why just because black people are celebrities doesn't mean they speak for the culture. We are just as diverse as other racial groups are. So therefore, it's not fair that you have people like um, and not saying that these people are taking on this mantle. They're, sometimes they're speaking for themselves. Like, I'm not going to lie, I don't support 50 Cent, but I think 50 Cent speaks for himself. So, like, where he talks about his tax bracket, he talks about where he identifies. Um, I saw a video this week of uh, some basketball guys together. Please, uh, I I watch NBA, but I really don't get into who people are, so to speak. But one of them said he doesn't identify with... Um, how everyone says just because he's a millionaire, he doesn't identify with millionaires. He identifies with his family who are not millionaires and understands that just because I have to pay extra taxes does not necessarily mean that, you know, I'm poor, but he was like, I can still afford this. He said he saw the, the difference between two checks, between Donald Trump's administration and Obama's administration. He was like, but if it means the rest of my family can eat and they can make some money to support themselves and live, I would rather everybody eat than just myself eat. And I really respected that. I respect that too. 
We don't want to uh, leave out um, the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. in Philadelphia. Uh, prayers with his family. Um, and and I, I, I think the way that they're handling this whole situation, the family now, not, you know, the, the fam- I'm speaking in, in terms of the family. I think the way that they're handle- handling this and, and some of the things that they've said about the cops that killed them and, and, you know, they don't want them charged for murder because they didn't have, they were improperly trained and did not have proper equipment. And due to budget cuts, they didn't have tasers. And so um, I, I, I really commend them on how they did not have tasers. They cut the budget and they didn't have tasers. Bro, you killed my family, you still going to jail. Prosecute. So what you mean to tell me is a wealthy city like Philadelphia does not have enough money to have body cams. I mean, I'm sorry, not to have tasers, but I get they got body cams. I bet they got top-end guns. I bet they have tanks. I bet they have assault vehicles. Um, and I bet also, like, their SWAT team has the most upgraded equipment. But you don't have a taser for a man? You don't have enough money to have tasers for police officers? My thing is, if they wanted to shoot somebody, they could have shot him in the leg. If they really felt the need that they had to shoot, they could have shot him in the leg. But we don't, like we said, we don't know everything that went on around it. But you know, it's only speculative and too. True. Uh, I'm not. I know this is not an endorsement or anything like that. Even though I am voting for Joe, I've already voted for Joe. But what I will say is, I do feel like in some points, like you. We have to get past, like, police officers. They need to be trained in the sense of, like, mental health professionals. I like Joe's plan with uh, psychologists and psychiatrists going out or being part of the police force to help them in situations where they can be useful. Um, Because sometimes people just need to be talked down and not necessarily when you meet them with aggression or you meet them with authority, that's not always the way. Yeah, I also think that it comes down to training and education. Um, A lot of police officers aren't well-trained. They aren't trained to wound. They're, they are trained to kill. They are trained in essence to um, protect. And if they feel threatened, that's how they respond. So it's not someone thinking of, okay, let me injure this person. We'll take them in and, and kind of figure out and assess later. It's, this is a, a situation either, and, and most of it is rooted in fear. I mm-hmm. fear for my life, so I. Like those, that's how the response is. And so being able to not only train, but also educate and include professionals in some of the service oriented um, forces and how we think about it will help improve how we're policed. I agree. So that concludes our sticky news of the week. Um, And so what you got over there in social media land, A.B.? So over here in social media land, since yesterday was Halloween, I know everyone has seen the celebrities all dressed up. Um, We had Sierra and Russell dressed up as Busta and Janet, and I thought that was super cute. We all see them often, and their entire family super cute. Um, Sierra and her son also dressed up as Cardi and Offset, which was cute as well. Um, I just... I have to speak for myself. I just love their family. I think they are so cute. Um, Not to be mistaken for goals, but I think they're super cute. Um, And then the Beyonce. Not to be mistaken for goals. Hey, I'm just saying. Just saying. saying. Uh Uh-oh. He said, said, why they can't be goals for people? uh, They can be goals for you guys. They can. 
Well, that's not my type of relationship, so that can't be but goes. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> AB, yeah. baby. I'm just saying. You don't want the Russell and Sierra type love. Right. I want the AB and the blank. AB and the blank, y'all. Type okay. situation. Love, love story. But, anyways, I'm getting sidetracked, y'all. And then, of course, I know everyone has seen the Beyonce tribute. I, I want to say that was super cute. I mean, it looked like she invested a lot in that, but she was on point from every aspect, in my opinion. So what, what did she tribute? No shade. So maybe so so maybe you didn't see the tribute. So I, I didn't. <laughs> so, let me Google it real quick. Um, I'll be back. I, I saw I saw the tribute and she did, but she was it was dope as fuck. It was. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she is the model. And she basically took pieces from, you know, many Beyonce videos and whatnot. And she kind of just like executed it to the T. And it was probably, I don't know, she probably did like maybe 10 songs, but she was on point from hair to makeup to choreography to like background. Like she really did well. And it was, it was super nice. It was cute. Like I hope her return on her investment works because I, when I was watching it, I was thinking, dang, she spent some money on (laughs) on this whole stuff. We were thinking the same thing. She, I was uh, like, she better dance her way onto uh, onto tour with Beyonce. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, oh, did you got go to these spots? Are these green screens? I was really trying to figure out, like, what did we do here? Because I'm like, you do like, I hope she get her money back. <laughs> she, like, she did a little bit of everything is what she yeah. did. But it looked really expensive. Like D said, like, I was thinking the same exact thing I was as I was watching. Like, wow, this is quite an investment. Um mm. Where do you get the money from to do all this? Time, time, ooh, time that you never get back. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> and her friends must be real cool. Either they were her friends, or she paid them. So it's like mm, mm-hmm. even more. Can we also give a shout out to Cardi and her Medusa outfit? That Medusa outfit was something serious. Oh, let me look that up now. Cardi and Medusa. Not that Nikki. Where have you been? Under a rock? I I haven't seen it either, Nikki. I'm I'm not a beehive person. Peace and love to all y'all, but (laughs) (laughs) Cardi, uh, peace and love to y'all too. You know, (laughs) hey. (laughs) She's just so, like, in her own (laughs) way. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, hey, I get in where I fit in. <laughs> Amy, you you got anything else? Um, I just had two other celebrities. Ooh, just two. <laughs> you back? Focus. Back. Um, Toy, Toya and her family. <laughs> They they dressed up as the Spice Girls, which was cute. Um, from the mom all the way down to the, the the youngest daughter, so that was cute. This was um Toya, Regine, Toya, and family. Oh yeah, I did uh, see that one. See, I went too much under okay, the rock. Nikki, pop in. <laughs> <laughs> Not pop in. She said pop in. And then okay, the hold last on, wait, one. I'm sorry, Ab. Um, back to this Cardi and Medusa. Now that's fine. <laughs> Kid, that's fine. Put it up. Put it up. That's fine. It was a good one. It was a good one. That, I, that's fine. Like, I'm gonna have to look it up. 
Look, this is I'm finna send it. So, so this is my aroma to the radio game. Let me tell y'all something. I never steal you wrong. Like I'm a TikTok. It's all never. Nah, I never steal you wrong. You you did last week when you were steering us away from Tyler Perry. So. Oh, oh. And we're moving. Okay. What's next, AB? The last family. Did you guys see um Emily and Fab's family? They dressed up as the Oz characters. No. Oh yeah, I saw that one. Too. <laughs> they were they dressed up every year. Wasn't Fab like be no her? Is that not when he's not be no her? Huh? I can't confirm or deny that. I was not there. However, oh. um, I know they dress up every year for Halloween and they are super, super cute. <laughs> well, we're gonna leave that one alone. She gonna if that's it, that's this is choice. So we're gonna move on from there. Yes. Okay. B was Thank not you. there, baby. <laughs> right. We agree, Akeem. They also have a new child, so they do. Again, none of my business. Family is growing. Like, and remember. What was the first episode? None of my business. That's what I was going to say. In our first episode, <laughs> we said some people could bounce back and move on and others can't. So whatever they decide to do, we're going to let them do. You're going to sash their own out of their business, ain't it? Right on out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to sash on over and we're going to hand the reins over to Akeem. So I'm going to start off with, uh, since we're talking about social media, I definitely want to talk about something that came out. I want to say maybe the day of or the day after we probably uh, had a discussion, but I would love to talk about Mike Tyson gathering Boosie all the way up and slamming him on the ground and reminding him that he is Mike Tyson in discussion. Mm, I watched the video. <laughs> um, I haven't, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I haven't watched the whole thing. I saw it was like maybe like 45 minutes or an hour long. I have really ADHD problems and I can't really watch stuff that long unless I'm like binge watching something and I have a problem with that. But um, for those who haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people have the discussion of where Mike Tyson sat across from Boosie and it was, uh, it's like a cigar lounge and they were talking about how Boosie, uh, if you don't know, Boosie can get very homophobic in his statements, um, very misogynistic, I think also in his statements. And Mike Tyson looked this man in the face and said, well, why do you think that? Do you think that you say these things because you possibly are homosexual? I kind of I kind of stopped. I never thought anything like that of Boosie before. But when Mike said it, and it's almost like Mike looked at him, Mike didn't even look the man in the face after he said it. And just kind of like, I felt like it was kind of a little bit of a dare. Um, kind of like, I'm going to say this about you. I'm going to see what you say. And I dare you to get stupid about it. Uh, I'm going a, I'm to... A, uh... I'm gonna address what he said later, but looking at that video, it was kind of problematic for me, not only on the behalf of Boosie, but also on the on the behalf of Mike Tyson. So I kind of like was uncomfortable watching the video at times because we they showed the clippings on social media of him calling Boosie out, but they don't show what he said right afterwards. He said, I'm that's me. You he kept saying he said that repeatedly. <laughs> and so I so it was very problematic, but I like what he did, but it was problematic to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you when you say that's me, what do you mean though? Like was I again, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't watch the like the whole whole thing, but like when he said that's me, like is he saying that's me like this is what I think, or is that's me like 
I don't I don't think Mike Tyson is homosexual. This is what he said. That's me. That's how I think. So he it, it was past the whole conversation. Him saying, "Do you identify as being homosexual?" He got to the part where they were talking about Dwayne Wade's um, yes. daughter, and he, that's when he brought it up as, you know, why did you say that about um, about I, that situation? And then he he's basically saying it was an eleven year old, you know, eleven twelve year old child. It was wrong. And then Mike Tyson said, "I agree with you." And but see, they don't show they don't show they didn't show the whole thing. And then so he went back into it. And then that's when he was like, um, he got to the point where he basically was like, "I don't I don't agree with it, and I don't I don't like it." And then that's when Mike Tyson was like, "I don't either," but. Yes. I think that's people's prerogative. Like, you cannot like something. Like, don't get me wrong. You cannot like or you cannot understand something. But I think to his point, I think Tyson's point was, I don't like it. I don't understand it. But that's none of my business. That's that man's family. That's how they choose to raise their kids. They seem to be doing well. I'm going to mind my business. Right. That's the point I was trying to make. He, he he cleaned it up. He tried to clean it up afterwards. But I think the thing is, in the whole conversation, though, it was like to listening to two of the same per like the same person talking to himself. And I don't think it the way people are promoting it. I don't think it was meant to do it in the way that people are promoting the whole conversation, because Tyson has some problematic language about how he viewed women. Like he said, they should go home and cook, clean, and do all the things. And he said, he said, I agree with you, nigga. That's what they were talking back and forth like that to each other. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I felt like that video was going to have that type of vibe. Don't get me wrong, um, but it still was interesting. I always think about Mike Tyson as just a physical person, and I always also like no, like not as a detriment to him or jabbing him. So I, so I always thought of Mike as a fighter. So I've never like thought of him as uh, as somebody who could give a philosophical type of speech or give a philosophical type of view. So it was kind of cool to like hear Mike at least express something. But it it even though it's not my view, it was interesting to see Mike express something in an educated type of manner, though. I don't think it was educated. I'm sorry. I I, I found it very. What I will say about it was. He related to Bootsy on his level, which allowed him to open up and to have a conversation. That's what I will say. Um, I think that Mike Tyson, um, even though he says, um, I, I also found it problematic. Even though he says, I agree with you, it's you're agreeing that you're still having a conversation about someone's child. Oh on a national platform for other people to view and hear and judge. And, and like we said, it's not any of their business, how Dwayne Wade and his, his mother, uh, the child's mother, it's, it's not Bootsy's business. It's not, it's not, um, Mike Tyson's They're They're still having a discussion about a child. And I think you have to, address the topics without being specific about the people mm. particularly on a platform like that so i think you're, you're bringing it back up i i do think that bootsy's mom said you know you shouldn't be 
talking about this and this right. <laughs> is not none of your business. I mean, he has said some problematic things about his children and 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 how he treats them and interacts. So, you know, it's like the pot calling, like you're, you're doing the same thing and you don't like it when people talk about your kids or use them as examples. So back up. I think that's very, very fair. A very, very fair statement to say. I think, you know, like, and, and, and piggybacking off of um, the Wade family, and I want to say, like, shout out to Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Yu, for sure, for sure, um, for sticking up for the daughter and her transition. Um, I feel like uh, society does not stick up for um, the uh, disenfranchised and misfortunate enough. Uh, but shout out to them for, you know, especially Dwayne Wade being a basketball uh, star to say, um, I had a son born to me. My son does not identify as a boy. Um, she identifies as her. And being someone who is identified as, you know, the pinnacle of masculine beliefs in the community to say, this is my daughter. And I'm okay with this. And I support this. Um, I feel like in a lot of communities across the world, we don't support a lot of people who, you know, because we don't understand what people are thinking. Um, we don't necessarily support it. And I want to say that, you know, Dwayne definitely does a good job at uh, saying like, you know, I don't, I am Dwayne and my daughter is who she is and I support it nonetheless. And I feel like he received a lot of flag from, not necessarily from the NBA community, um, but again, because we are black, but from rappers and social media and from uh, I, who I, you know, I'm going to use the word toxic masculine people who are like, I don't understand how Dwayne Wade can support something like this. He said, you know, put his daughter, you know, put him in some some type of training. I don't agree with that per se. Yikes. Yikes. That just made me cringe when you said that. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, I think that whole toxic masculinity type, you know, rhetoric that we, we hear it only reinforces the toxic behavior. So, you know, whenever you think of toxic masculinity or, you know, more properly called hyper-masculinity, the more you talk about it and we see it on in movies and stuff, it kind of like facilitates that. So I see why they they keep, you know, they bring it out and they, they keep coming back at it. But I mean, it's reinforced. So I feel like a problem that we have on social media is that we don't get to show the variety of men that we have. Like, I feel like we are always kind of like downplaying men or we're putting men in a box when there is a variety of men. So the moment that the media, whether it be movies, TV shows, uh, even artists, like show different sides in themselves, you have this subgroup of men who are loud, who just be like, that is not what a man is. Like, at what point do we have gatekeepers to what manhood is? I was just about to say that's the that's the whole thing. Nobody knows what, how to define manhood. There's no uniform way to describe manhood, and that's why we have so many people trying to live up to these false expectations or false gender roles that are taught to you at at, at, at birth, uh, from birth, and all the way up. You know, you, you got the the men supposed to be outside. And, and they're supposed to clean the yard and then the women, you know, in the house cooking and cleaning. And that's all they do, because that's what Boosie and Tyson said, that they prefer women to be in the house cooking and cleaning. And so yeah, that's, but, but that's why I said it right. That's why I said it was problematic. You got a, a problematic mindset 
trying to counsel another problematic mindset and you only reinforcing what you what you just called out. I agree. He also said, you know, I want my woman to go out and bring another woman to me. You know, this is who she should be and this is her role. It was it was intense. I was like, whoa, like that's how you view a woman's role in your life to please you. Like I, I, it was interesting to hear them say it, mm-hmm. you know, we can make um, assumptions about who they are as people. And I, I mean, Mike Tyson uh, allegedly has, has really done a number on a, mul- a multitude of women and, yeah, and well-known actresses. Right. Um, so it, it's hard to kind of listen to them. It, it felt so demeaning. I don't know. It, it was I demeaning. See- I told you it made me feel uncomfortable, and I was like, "Yikes, this is weird." I mean, I feel like that that type of idea is just not appropriate. Uh, I, to be frank and be honest, like the older I get, and the more that I meet new people, the more I understand kind of like gender as a social construct, and I feel like masculinity and femininity are social constructs that we create for people who can't understand that, like. Um, I have a friend who is a female who presents like she does, like she plays sports, she presents, she wears manly clothing, but like, she's still a woman. Like she still looks like a woman. She understands like a woman, but like, at what point do we say that men can do that? Like, I feel like if a man does that, or if a man maybe, um, presents as a man, but maybe like has feminine qualities, let's say cooks or is domesticated or is into the arts or um and i'm not trying and purposely not trying to put women in a box but if a man does anything that's off from sports working out outside or doing like providing from the family a problem arises i mean that all comes from the mindset of the person that's what we teach and support in society Right. I mean, and I get it. And that's just like, you know, as um Dre said, you know what I'm saying? We've always been taught that the man is supposed to go outside and supposed to work. The woman is supposed to stay inside. Me, myself, give me some basketball shorts and a tank top. I'm good. But trust and believe I'm all woman at the end of the day. <laughs> trust that one. But it's again, it's all about society and how we've been taught. So, Nikki, you saying that takes me back to D. You sent something to the group earlier this week with Nikki Giovanni and um, James Baldwin, which I found to be one of the most interesting conversations that I've listened to. So, like when Nikki's talking to James, and for those who don't know, um, James Baldwin is an excellent writer. Um, who identifies as homosexual and so a homosexual black man. And when Nikki pretty much tell him, lie to me like you lie to that man, that white man that you smile in his face, like love me like that. I thought that was interesting. So Nikki, you said that, do you want a man to lie to you about like how he views femininity or um, even himself? Like, do you want a man that's like super masculine? Like, how do you feel about that? Yes. I want me a man that's super masculine. I mean, you know, he could be masculine and cook. <laughs> he could be masculine so, and do all of that. I don't. Th- and I think from because I didn't watch it, but I think from um, as far as what you're saying is he wasn't true to himself. 
You know what I'm saying? Like a man know when they gay. I don't care what nobody say. A woman know when they gay. They they have that that feeling or whatever. So be truthful with yourself. I'll challenge you. A man, uh, a homosexual person knows when they're different. They don't know when they're gay until someone tells them that they're gay or until they're homosexual. I think you know that you're different and you like stuff differently from what society puts you through, but you don't know that you're gay. Um, so I no. This is gonna go like way off. Way off. <laughs> Into this. <laughs> I mean, now don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not a homophobic. Like, I mean, hey, whatever <laughs> floats your boat, that's what floated. I I I'm hey, you racist. like it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? No, no, don't play me. But I'm saying, like, to answer his question, like, you know, like I don't want nobody if they they know, you know what I'm saying? They know when they're different. <laughs> they they know that. Yeah, I don't so I don't think you know until someone like puts this in your mind like you're gay, you're gay, or like nah, you, you know, you know, know nah. Like I know people that know when they're gay. Right. Also, that's like saying I'm waiting on someone else to confirm my feelings. To identify me. Someone else to help me identify who I am. This is going to be my transparency podcast moment. Um, for me, identifying as a gay male, like, growing up, I did not know I liked men. I felt like I did. I tried to date women. I think women are very beautiful. I'm attracted to them, but I don't seek a relationship with women. I did not know what that was. I did not know that I was attracted to men until someone kept calling me gay. People kept calling me gay as a young child. And so then, like, until I saw what two gay men looked like together, then I understood what that was. I put a connection with it together. And then I was like, oh, I get it now. So I might be So does that come from being a child and not understanding? Because I feel like if you were 22 and just realized this, you wouldn't have to see too many i think i think i could not put a tie i could not put um words with it so i knew i was different but i did not i could not say like i thought that so-and-so i didn't think he was cute per se because i didn't identify with a man being cute because i was taught like i should date a woman i should shit with a woman i cannot identify that a man was attractive to me until someone was like, you gay. And then I was like, well, what is gay? And then when I saw what gay was, I was like, oh, I think a man is attractive. So like, okay. um, I, I have a couple questions here. And I appreciate your openness and your willing to kind of talk about your experience. I think that's important. really important for us to tell our stories and acknowledge them in a way um, that is transparent and allows others to understand your perspective. So thank you. I do have a question about, so how, so was it actually people calling you that or was it a path you took to understand and find yourself to know exactly what you wanted and what you wanted to accept in your relationships? It's, it's the path. Yeah, it's I, the path. I, I will say, like, it's definitely the path. Like, I could tell that I was not aligned with societal norms. That mm-hmm. much I knew. 
I couldn't label it. Um, I was not aligned with societal norms, but I did not know what the alignment or the off alignment of societal norms I was at. I could not tell because I was very much so a boy. I love playing sports. You know, I love doing all the things that boys should do, but I was not attracted to women in a relation in a long-term relationship format. Is that because of your age though? Because that's what I, I wanted to know. Like you didn't know how to label it because you were young and, and didn't have those words in your vocabulary or because I'm wondering if you were 22, would it have been different? Right. No, well, because I, I would say I, I dated um, women who I felt they were beautiful and I was attracted to them. However, I could not mentally move past some of the things like marriage to a woman to me I don't seek partnership that way. But I, I think what I heard you say is you didn't have the vocabulary to to identify what it was. But you, but that, but it didn't make you gay. That's fair. No, it definitely did not make you gay. No, 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 no. Like, I think uh, something that I have a problem with is like when you throw, scroll through social media, like you have a lot of men was like, oh, the media these days are turning people gay. No, you're not, you're not turning nobody gay. Because they you're not, you're not, you're not. A, a primetime TV turning all the kids gay these days. You know, uh, you have all the all the shows that are, are breaking these these relationship norms. You know, like you, you don't we. I know growing up, I didn't see a lot of homosexual relationships on TV, and but now you can pretty much find them in a lot of shows, and so <laughs> yeah. even in the cartoons. <laughs> Bert and Ernie. <laughs> Hello, SpongeBob. Keep going. Yeah, Sports I think it, What? <laughs> Him and Patrick go together. Come on now. Just stop it. God, gosh, come friends? on. I thought they were friends. As an adult, I look at it like that. But as a child, I never viewed it as SpongeBob and Patrick were like, I never looked at it like that. I never looked at Bert and Ernie, even though they slept in the same, was it the bed or the same room? I can't remember, but they were in the <laughs> Because yeah. we were kids, I, we were we about sexual relations, whether right. you identify as homosexual, heterosexual, animal sexual. When you a child, you are not that thinking bestiality. about <laughs> <Yeah>. animal sexual. <laughs> and it's their business. But look, look. I hate when people that make that 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 my business. Because <laughs> when we're kids, I mean, depending on how you were raised and what you've been exposed to. Yeah. Regardless, you're not thinking about sexual relationships until you've right. been exposed or been violated. Right. I also think that it's like society creates these labels and I'm, I'm not a label person. I don't want you to try to fit me in a box. I, I'm not going to fit there for multiple reasons. And I think that what's most important is your identity and what you create for yourself. So once you understand who you are, understand what you want in life, you can pursue that. And I think that was the essence of James and Nikki's conversation. And they very much so were talking about, and it, it, 
they were talking about masculinity in a way that fits into the family structure, but I think it fits in multiple family structures. And she was saying, you know, I very much so need you to come home. And she said that men sometimes feel like they can't come home unless they have this. If I can't, if I'm not providing, if I'm not bringing something to the table, if I'm not doing this. And I think she said, you know, um, you don't want to come home unless you have a steak. Well, I can get my own damn steak. I need you. And I want you. And I think it's, it's, it's hard for us to get outside of those just gender roles and how we think about men and masculinity. And it brings me back to that quote um, that is, you know, mothers and parents raise their daughters, but love their sons. And how does that play into this masculine view in society, in the family unit, and who you are as a man. I'm actually, to be honest, to piggyback out that, I want to get into that, but I'm quite curious because we do have three women on the podcast. Can you define masculinity for yourself and what you look like that? What does that mean to you and how do you look at that? And I want to discuss what is the social construct of masculinity and then juxtapose it to like our gender constructs. Like, is masculinity and femininity the same as our gender constructs of men and women? Or can men embody femininity and can women embody masculinity without, you know, kind of destroying the gender constructs that we have to, like, that we've created as a society? Because right, y'all said two weeks ago that he only had one time to violate, violate y'all gender role that y'all set up for him. Remember? He's taking out the trash. Okay, hey, Surely is. Hello. <laughs> When it comes to masculinity, uh, I mean, my man, he he got to be that hardcoreness, like hardcoreness, mm-hmm. like oh hush, Drake. <laughs> That's masculinity to me, like hardcoreness. Um, does the 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 tire change, the the trash taking out, all of that type of stuff, like the stuff that my dad does. That defines masculinity to me. So based on her experiences of a man. Exactly. Exactly. So masculinity to me is, see, for me, there is a difference between um, genitalia and gender. I I, I think there is a difference. (laughs) And I think masculinity is to me, um, not necessarily about a role you must play. It's about a balance. It's about communication. It's about strength. It's about flexibility, but but balance. I, I think for me, the best way to kind of describe it is like a balance and equal. And and I always think about it in context to femininity. So it, it's hard to kind of separate the two for me because they are so intertwined in how I view um, decisions, how I view interactions, how I view love, um, how I view uh, society and how we interact. Um, but I think it, to me, it doesn't have to do with gender or genitalia. It has to do with that ebb and flow give and take that strength um but reserve that like a yin and yang effect yeah it's push and pull she had an essay i did 
I did. <laughs> I tried to I tried to give y'all that Republican answer. It, it could have went left. So that's why I started laughing first. I was like, she knew, she, knew I was she knew I was waiting for her to say the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, you're not gonna catch me on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna be good. Y'all ready? We ready. Um, <laughs> so I want to say because there was so many so much that came to mind that I wanted to say that we've talked about and then we came to this but I'm going to find it so I want to say first for me is that I don't go or live by any labels I don't put what I desire into a box I don't have a type I don't um I like what I like so I'm, I can't even say like, oh, he, I, he got to be masculine. He got this. He got like, I like what I like. And it's not it. The I would say the men that I've dated, they don't all fall under one umbrella. I put it like that. I like I get to know you. I meet you. We vibe. Either I like you. or I don't like you. But anyways, to go on to masculinity. Dre, you need another drink, honey? <laughs> I'm going to buy you a drink. Um, to go on to oh. masculinity, for me, it's it's what we see, what we see. It's an exterior thing to me. Um, and I say that because I also, I, I don't identify it as gender specific. I'll say like a woman looks masculine quick. So I don't exclusively use it when I'm referring to a man. I'll say like, oh, she had like a like a masculine build or I'll say like, oh, like even if she's like super strong, I refer to her as masculine. So I guess we can say like I define it based off of like physical characteristics, even if I would say that person is strong. um, It might be in lifting weights, but I'll still it'll still fall under masculinity. So masculine for me is not gender specific. I use it for men. I use it for women. I use it for babies. Like that's a masculine little baby. Like so. (laughs) Hold on, wait. Talk about you call babies masculine. (laughs) When my brother was a baby, he used to lift phone books. That's masculine to me. I've never heard. And he used to lift phone books. And if it was a if it was a female baby, that's a masculine little girl. <laughs> that baby <is> strong. <laughs> Why is your brother lift the phone books? <laughs> no, as a baby. <laughs> Look, we have on VHS and everything. I don't know. That's my two cents. Masculinity for me means. Um, strength too. I can I can see strength, but not just physical strength, but mental strength. You know, the ability to, and, and I can I'm speaking as a black man to uh, to the ability to hold up the pressures or or the you know what we experience in society every day. You know, being able to hold your head up and, and walk through it. So that's why I say mental strength. You know, um, to my question though. Y'all like a man that moans in the bed? Because I read, I'm, I asked that for a reason. Because I read something about masculinity today. And when you mean the, like the man from uh, waited to exhale when he was like, uh, you mean like the uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I can't go ahead. Go ahead, I can't. Because they ain't gonna answer anyway. Go ahead, I can't. I'm, oh no, I'm, I'm going to answer. answer. I want to know now. <laughs> At this point, she done gave us she done gave us pop smoke, and then she done gave us like moan in the bed. 
I'm quite curious to know, like, this, the whole point of this conversation is to honestly talk about how, like, how I hate to say it, like, Dre, like, everybody actually kind of conformed masculinity to a man, but never, no, like, barely did we discuss, like, masculinity as traits. So, like, for me, I've tried, I've started to challenge myself to look at masculinity as traits, like, say, masculinity is decisiveness, masculinity is um, concise language, um, masculinity is uh, athleticism, those type of things. And then I've, a, a femininity, maybe, you know, not saying that it is, it's more like art or femininity is being able to use more colorful language or those type of things. That, that's getting into your femininity bag. But like, I don't, I think there are women who have masculine traits of decisiveness, who have uh, proclivities to... Uh, more strongly flavored things or strongly scented things. And then there are men who are more so into floral scents, the use of colorful language, um, those type of things. And I've started to challenge myself to look at masculinity and femininity in those type of ways, just to see, just kind of like to look at it, like to take away the physical form of the words and then kind of look at it like, take away the man and the female and say a woman can be masculine and that's attractive a man can be feminine and if you like that that's attractive but the problem is i don't think that's true in society's structure like if a woman is masculine usually men are turned off by that they don't want you to be um too demanding i mean those are traits that they don't necessarily like and the same uh with the question that Dre just posed was, do you like to hear a, mo- a guy moan or make sense? I want y'all to answer that. I do, because then that means I'm on my A-game. Hello! There's a reason why I asked. Like, I mean, of course I want to know, but... <laughs> Science has also proven uh, that women with deeper voices are are found less attractive to men. I, I'm, see, I have a lower octave voice. Like it, it's been, it, the science behind it proves that women with higher octaves are more attractive. And like, um, oh, but these, so I, your voice is super sultry. Say it again. He said he think your voice is sultry. Oh, okay. Thank you. But but not everyone views it as such. And it's usually like, okay, lower octave. Um, I I'm a controller analyzer personality trait. So I, I have some dominant tendencies. Um, and that's seen as masculine in this current structure. Um, and for for men, while while women usually don't have as much of a problem with it. Men view it as challenging. So I would like to go with that, but I'm going to go back to AB's point a little bit further, like just a little bit back um, when we were talking about women who are masculine. So, and I hope they don't, if they hear this, they don't take this the wrong way. But like, I equate like Tiana Taylor, I think Meg is masculine. I think they have, I think they really promote some real masculine energy from a female's body. And I like it. But define that. Like, what exactly is it that makes them project masculinity? 
So, like, Tiana, I feel like, you know, no, like, no disrespect to Iman. I know Iman is definitely making decisions in the household. I feel like, I feel like Tiana's making decisions. I feel like Tiana's like, this is what we're doing. I mean, let's not get into her body and how good it looks. But, like, Tiana exudes, like, this dominant energy. Like, if you would like to say that masculine energy is dominant and then feminine energy is just, you know, not... So we go back to submissive from the first episode. I feel like Tiana Taylor, um, Megan, you know, like these are women who exhibit like extremely dominant energy from their bodies. They also so, have deep like in their in their art. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm into it. But so, you into deep voices. He's all for it. <laughs> <laughs> You walked into that one. <laughs> but then also, so I want to speak towards that because for the same exact reason that you like them, there are a lot of men that come at them. There are a lot of men that come at Tiana Taylor about how her body's good, but her face is this, her face is that. There's a lot of people that come at Megan and, oh, she is seven foot this and she is seven foot that. And I think a lot of us, can overlook that because we see the money and we see the fame and we see the celebrity in them. But in everyday life, I consider myself um, a woman with a strong personality. And there are many men Very strong. who it's a lot for, it's too much for. And I, I honestly, for me, it's different. I don't have the money. I don't have the celebrity. I don't have the fame. So I'm handled differently from the way Tiana and Megan are handled. Um. So it's very interesting to hear a woman say that because discussion with men, like we look at, I've, I've heard, I should say, like you discuss Meg and T- Tiana Taylor, um, even Rihanna, like, let's throw her into the mix. Like you look at their body, they're attractive, you know, they give this energy off, but also at the same time, it's like the problem with pe- that men open their mouth and have an issue with them is when they show stuff that they identify with, like the decisiveness the confirmation that these women throw out. Like, men are into uh, Meg, but it's probably when Meg talks about, you know, let's be like PG, her vagina in the same way that they talk about, uh, men talk about their penis. Like, let's, that's just to be PG and kind of correct about it. Like, the moment that they start doing those type of things that men identify, but as differently and they can't describe it, then men open their mouth and have a problem with them. I see it as the opposite. I think all those women that you mentioned, men like for their raunchiness. That's what excites them. That's what entertains them. I think if it was a a regular woman who doesn't who doesn't hold to the same status as them and they were to talk about those things or even show that dominant side is a problem. So I feel like it's hard to talk about celebrities and everyday women in the same conversation as far as how men would handle them and accept them or what they even like them for. Social media and the media has really promoted like what is masculinity and like what does that look like? And that's kind of what I wanted to get into because I think, you know, I feel like definitely my best friend is a female. So something that we talk about and I kind of giggle about is like secret life of men. I'd be like, this is the secret life of men. Um, <laughs> we have connect sometimes um, me, her and her boyfriend, we will talk about things and she'll be like, well, why do you identify with that? And I just be like, I understand what he's talking about. Like, I get it. You know, like, I think we kind of put men, 
we also have a bro code, like a secret bro code amongst men. But I think men. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Dre, do we not? Do we not have? Can you not talk to another man, whether he's hetero, homo, whatever he identify with, black, white, anything? But you understand there is some logic amongst men that we understand collectively. Like, like, like rules, unspoken rules. I guess unspoken rules, but just kind of like also how we should handle ourselves in public yeah. amongst others. Yeah, like you go in the bathroom, you're going to stand next to the stall next to the other person. You do not stand to the stall next to somebody else. That's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. Like that's that's weird. And every time that is violated, and I'm just like, like so why? it like, stops your stream. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't stop, <laughs> it doesn't stop your screen, but I'm like, are you, I'm like, are you looking at me? Like, there's like two other ones like down there. Like, you ain't got to come stand by me. And it, well, he might have had to go real bad. But you know that little thing is only but so little, so you can still see over around there if you really want it, if you really want it. Peekaboo. <laughs> 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 it ain't no peekaboo in the man's bathroom. I don't care what you identify. <laughs> You went there to do a business and you get right on out of there. Get on out. You don't make no eye contact. You don't do nothing. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> but just go in the stall. Like, but like talking about men culturally, though, like in the bathroom, I think it definitely in the United States. I don't know what like going to public bathrooms are in other places. We don't, you don't talk to another man in the bathroom, but something to talk about is culturally how men can interact and what's masculinity and what's not. Like, um, let's talk about like in the United States, it is not culturally appropriate for me to hold hands with another man in public and be friends. But in Europe, in the Middle East, it is okay to hold hands with your friend and it'd be okay. Like, how do you feel about that? And in Africa, like it's it's not about sexuality though. It's about friendship and love. And it's about, okay, my neighbor is cordial and um it's defined. I, I've spent time internationally and I know for me, I, I like my personal space. I'm not a man, but I like my personal space. And for me to like walk with someone who's not my partner and hold their hands was something that I was like, okay, no. <laughs> I had to adjust to. I had to check my no again and be like, okay. Um, and it was explained to me as we, we go together. It, it's much bigger than your destination currently is your destination in life and having a community and support. So I kind of get that. But I don't think in America we have that community anymore. And I can't speak for males, but um, I don't, and particularly Black men, I don't think they would walk around holding hands with their friends. No, not at all. Go together for real. Right. (laughs) Right. Do you think that is emasculating to see a man holding hands with another man and they're just friends. Like, they could be having a conversation, just holding hands. It's just an intimate moment. Like, what is that? What does your mind equate that to? It could have been... going together. It could be two men. Y'all know I like to use other objects and things. It could be two men, two cats, two dogs, two babies. (laughs) (laughs) I would be solidly. Why are they holding hands? I don't want to... Exactly. Even if it was a man and a woman and they don't go together and they're just friends, why y'all holding hands? I mean, that's just like when you used to go to the club or whatever. Like, I could never stand for 
like um, females to be dancing up on each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, but y'all like, go to the bathroom with each other, like. But we ain't in the same stall. We got a sister call too. I, I don't know what y'all do. Don't go in the stall with what, me, I and I ain't going with you unless you throwing up. Cause that day, the women bathroom might be long. <laughs> <laughs> what that lets you know that we're not going together. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie. I go in the men's line if the women's line. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I do too. It, I mean, hey, I've gone in there when there were men in there, and somebody stood on the outside and, and watched the door. Yeah, and watched the door. Out. But but back to um back to the question about holding hands. Like I don't like I don't care if you friend dating whatever like. If two men, two women, like if you want to hold hands, hold hands. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like I like whatever makes you happy. No, nah, I'm questioning that. I actually only feel like not that I've gone like everywhere in the world. Don't get me wrong. I feel like America is one of the only few places where men showing affection, non-intimate, to another man is an issue. There are some other places that uh, have a lot of issues with these things as well. <laughs> no, but the key, the yep. key, the caveat to that was not intimate because even in the Middle East, you know, where uh, homosexuality is definitely frowned upon, but they are allowed to show affection toward their male friends, whether it be hand-holding, kiss on the kiss cheek, on anything cheek. like that. If, if you do that in America, especially as a black man, that is like definitely a no-no. Like, Automatically labeled as a no-no situation. Who's gonna check me, boo? Society. <laughs> Society will check you. You will be Let drugged. Me see it. No, I'm just play. <laughs> Donald Trump keep if Donald Trump keep president. It's about to turn into Gilead. You will be on the wall. Not Gilead. <laughs> Gilead. I don't want to be a Gilead. No, 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 no. Yo, I, I don't mind it, but I will say that. It's something about America and American culture that um, it's like it's it's this saying. I, I don't like this saying, and it's used a lot. And it's it's used um, not to always describe people, but actions and things. So I hate when people say, "Oh, that's gay." Like mm. that, that's like a a, a pet peeve of mine. And Definitely. so if if they see people, if two men are holding hand. So they'll say either they are gay or that's gay, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a um, this is what they're perceiving it to be versus in cultures that um, are have a natural culture of this is how we interact with one another regardless of gender. It's different, and you know I feel that, and that's I think in my like perfect world that's where we as Americans uh, can progress to. I think that it's completely okay to show affection to your friends. So I think that, you know, that's a topic for another day. We can talk about intimacy versus affection. Um, In America, I wish we can get to a point where we can have that discussion because I think here in the United States, we equate intimacy and affection as the same thing. And I think that, you know, it's okay to show affection to your friends, whether they are male or female. Uh, but then you only show intimacy to your partner, which is a great segue into our random side note because that talks about how we are dating, if I'm not mistaken. Right, D? Yes. So our random side note for the week um, comes from Anonymous. Um, it is, when Anonymous. is it appropriate to disclose you are exclusive and or dating multiple people? 
So I'm going to start off by saying <laughs> that when you are dating, unless, <laughs> and, and so I think there's a difference between casual dating um, and then tra- that transition is when you both, you both start to either uh, feel or want something more. I believe before that point, that's none of your business. Like uh, who I'm dating, and, unless I'm putting, unless it's sexual and I'm putting you at risk, um, who who I'm going out to dinner with or who I'm going to the movies or on a hike with is none of your business. My time, it's my time. Right, exactly. But I do think that there is a point where um, and I think it's okay for someone to step up and say, you know, um, are you seeing, I think it's okay for people to ask, are you seeing other people? But I think then it comes to the point whether I'm going to respond to that in, oh, you know, either I really, really like this person and I'm interested in seeing where this goes. So I'm going to be open enough to have this dialogue and we may think about what that transli- transition looks like, or it's going to be, um, we we just having fun. <laughs> so I think, so for me, I think I go into thinking that everyone's is dating other people. And then a conversation comes about this is we are dating. Like we are together. Like we are a thing. Like there, there has to come an exclusive conversation because once you have that exclusive conversation, that to me signals you're dating me with intent. And so I think when that intent comes to mind, it's like, oh, cool, well, we, we are doing this. So now I got to go tell everybody, well, someone has stepped up to the plate. You are playing third base. Unfortunately, I've run home now. And so, you know. Not run home. <laughs> run home. Run home. Yeah. I love it's it. That, I love it. It's that text message from Andre 3000's, um, uh, that song um, where they he says, where I CC'd every girl that I CC'd round town. That's when you tell people to say, okay, hey. Yeah. it's time to transition what about you Dre see I think I think it should be pretty early on what I I think you should go into it with expectations like before even you all are out on like a date or anything like what what you looking for first and then so I think like you know as the relationship progress i think by at least day five i need to know like you talking to somebody else because you said what you go in really you go into dating with expectations i mean i i well we all approach situations with our own expectations but i want to know what your expectation is of why we like why you why you talking to me like are you is this something casual? This is what you do with all your booze. Like I'm I'm direct. So you know, this is what you do with all everybody you talk to. So I want to know up front, like, cause don't be playing with me. Cause I'm crazy. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> don't play with <laughs> me. But is, is, and y'all crazy or, in relationships. Hello. <laughs> don't play with but me. But is your expectation on date one and date two? So your expectations are are you the only one on date one and date two? Or I understand you might be seeing other people and that because we met, you know, let's go back to we met on a dating app. Like, are there multiple people? Like, do you ask that on date one and date two? By day two, I need to know like something, at least by five, because I'm not going to invest my time. Because, <laughs> you know, like when I take you out, we're going to go out and we're going to have fun and we're going to do some things. So, you know, 
by day, not that kind yes, of thing. Yes, do something strange for a little piece of change, baby. Not that I kind of thing. Not, not that kind of thing. As these episodes progress, you get nastier <laughs> and nastier. A dollar to make yeah. you holler. <laughs> I, just that, I did not mean that sexual at all. Nasty. For me, dating consists of phases. But going in initially, like like Dre said, we need to have a conversation because I'm pretty blunt too. So I need to know in this season in your life, what is it that you're seeking? Because if you're going to tell me you're just here for fun, I can already X you off the list. All the fun <laughs> folks go over there. That's why I want to have fun. So then I at least know that we're both walking in here on the same page. You're not just having fun. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm 30, I'm 32. Fun stopped a long time ago. Um, Yikes. So the way I see it is that, okay, first phase, I'll make sure we're on the same page. Now, especially if you meet on a dating app, I'm assuming that you're meeting multiple people on dating app and you're dating multiple people. And that's fine by me because baby boy, so am I. So that works. It's okay. But then after you get to a couple of dates and I'm not like Dre, where it's like, okay, date number two. No, I still need to, to really figure out is it you that I'm into? Because keep in mind, I've dated other people as well. So I got to do like a whole weeding process because I date different at 32. So now at this point, I'm kind of like dated. We going on dates and I'm trying to figure out, is this something I want to continue? Do I see anything between us? And then once, you know, things get exclusive, which is also another conversation, I can shut everybody else down and then we can focus on us. But again, it's a conversation to be had after we've gone on multiple dates and I see like, I do see something here. I'm going to either, if you don't initiate it, I'm going to initiate it and be like, okay, you know, we've gone on 12 dates and, you know, I'm having (laughs) a lot of fun with you. And so, you know, would you like to exclusively date at this point? And if you don't, you can go over there with the rest of the people who want to play. Be like, man, what you uh, want? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also that thread is a B around dating in your thirties. So your your intent and expectations while while dating now is different from ten years ago. So so it changes how you approach it. But I. I think the overall theme here is communication and you have to kind of go with your gut and speak up when you are willing and interested in taking a next step. I'm 37. So right now it's like my intentions for dating has changed. I tell them up front, look, I only got one relationship left in me. That's all Mm. I could give you. Mm. After that, I'm I'm becoming a nun. Well, well not that half far. none. <laughs> I'm gonna become Sister Mary Clarence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, my time is my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm dating 15 people, that's my time. But when we if we on date number five or number six, hey, we gotta have some boundaries, like, okay, so is it me and you? Or is it me, you, and everybody else? Because if it's me, you, and everybody else, then you need to go on over there. Like A.B. said, go to the play corner. I'm telling you, go get your big wheel. Yeah, go to the sandbox, get your big wheel, play in um, in traffic, do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm going back over here with the grown folks. (laughs) So to me, uh, Loki, that just sounds like I think everyone has agreed that it is by date two. 
It's not, that's what it sounds like. But I say five or six. I don't think it's a day. I think it's, it's a feeling. It's how you feel about where you are with that person. It's that a feels. vibe. Am I vibing with you? Are we connecting on a deeper level? Am I excited to come see you? Like it, it's, I don't think it is necessarily a number of dates. Sometimes that, that can happen quickly. Sometimes it may take a couple of dates. You, you know, you're still getting to know each other or you go, you know, could be multiple factors. I had a professor tell me never to base anything off of how you feel. He wrote that on one of my papers. He said, cause that could be diarrhea. So well, what like, kind of you right. <laughs> no, you know, like when somebody say, "I feel like I feel oh. he, he's oh yeah, good. you should never write in in any type of scientific paper. You never say I feel. You I know, know, you might be like it appears. <laughs> look, look, a little, just a little tidbit for people. It appears. It seems like you know. You never say I feel. Don't put that on yourself. Just say it appears okay. like. This is what or I use your is. data to back Correct. up. There you go. Don't use I feel, I think it appears you based on blank. There you go. Data. So that's what y'all say inside y'all self based on the data that I've collected. <laughs> yes, based you on are the weakest link. Goodbye. No, let me tell you, it does boil down to a feeling in some instances. You can be like, okay, so oh, was this a red flag? I will say one of yep. the social media accounts that y'all should think about is the council. Is it the council where the girl does? She's a girl and she's like, um, one is heart. One is lady parts. One is logic. One is um, brain. <laughs> what is this? I'll have to send this to you all. Please send it. I'll have to send it to y'all. But she talks about these these exact themes, and like one of them is called red flag. And like you you, it's it's like you hear it and, and you're like, mm. they just said they are going to see their mother in New York, but their mother lives in Florida. You know, it's, it's so like I get you. They call sisters, but y'all ain't got no sister. <laughs> That's the data. There are hard facts. That's you what told me on July third that your mother moved to Texas. Let me pull up my. Let me pull up. Let me pull it up in the screen now. Screen. You gotta keep receipts. Got but to. Back to what Dre said. So we'll use that in language. We'll use that in conversation. Yes, I will. Based off of your historical, um, your his, based off of history, the last three times you said X, Y, and Z. So I can predict that in the future, you're going to say X, Y, and Z as well. So yes, I do say that. Based off of what you did last time, I can predict what you will do in the future. And if you switch yeah. up, oh, something right. Come on, spit fire. One time. It's coming from women that say no. you only got one time. That's it. To not check out the trash. You out of there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got what I said. Ain't no flies in your house. None. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one time to do something. Well, this has been a good conversation, guys. Um, Very, very good topic. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Akeem. It was, it was very, very much needed discussion. So you, don't forget to send us your random side note of the week. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at, at RND side note, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we have a side note Friday, every Friday, but in the meantime, you can send them to us at any moment, any day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We will get it uh, and it could be featured on the show. 
Well, this is we want to talk about. I'm I'm actually really curious to hear what a lot of people are like thinking about. So like, I definitely want people to like get into sending them in. I do too. Yeah. So, you know, that's why we had that little video promo last week. So hopefully, we'll start getting people to send them in, and we'd love to hear what y'all guys gotta say. Well, this has been the show, everyone. We we got we are gonna get out of here. just make sure y'all go vote if you haven't already. Tune in election night coming up uh, November third, um, and so hopefully Donald will be gone. Out I'm gonna play that. Next week they're gonna be the opening to the show. I'm gonna find it sometime. Donald needs to be gone the same way. Rock showed up and shot that little three point this week and walked off. That's how we send a Donald out. Like goodbye, out. Well, until next time. (laughs) next time. I'm going to the basketball court. (laughs) Until next time, Mr. Randall Gang. Peace. Be blessed. Be blessed.